Hi guys, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will and you're watching another one of our reviews where I am a Christian who reviews movies and TV shows, video games, or whatever I feel like reviewing at the time. So it's just another way for us to create more content for you guys. And of course, we're in October, so we're continuing kind of our spooky movie theme that we've got going on, or the creepy movies, or just basically good things for October seasons, right? Like, this isn't holly jolly uh, a holiday time. This is this is dark and scary and like, hey, this is the time where we get to hang out as a society and think about things that make us a little bit more uncomfortable, things that we pretend that don't happen, uh, for things that don't exist but do exist. So um, this will be continuing that series. And, of, and just so you guys know, on Halloween itself, we will be releasing uh, my thoughts on the new Jeffrey Dahmer show that will be coming to you hot and heavy. And guys, if you're new to the channel, go ahead and like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell because you guys know how YouTube works. You won't barely even be informed anymore if you don't hit that bell. So just hit the bell. Okay, so today we are reviewing the masterpiece that is the 1986 the Fly. This is was my first time watching this, and this is an absolute masterpiece. And I do not say that very often about a film, but I look at this as just an absolute fantastic movie. I loved everything about it. There was very few things I could complain about. One specific thing I will talk about that that did bother me, but man, this was good. So um, if you're not familiar with it, The Fly is actually a remake of an older film, but this is the 1986 version, which I think is actually explores the theme, some of the themes better, and it completely changes certain story. Beats from the original um, and that's why I was like I'd never seen this one and now I've seen it. I'm like how did I never watch this before so you should definitely watch it um, I will be talking more spoiler heavy in this one than I normally do and that's mainly because it's from 1986 so if you haven't watched it you should watch it and certain movies that have been out a while I'll talk spoilers certain ones that haven't been that are like in the theaters are pretty fresh I'll try to avoid those but generally speaking, if it's an older film, I'm just going to talk about what I liked about it. I'm just going to say, hey, you should go watch this. And this is what to expect. OK, so this will have more spoilerish territory, but I'm going to try not to spoil everything. But I'll probably spoil quite a bit. But anyway, uh, so this this stars Jeff Goldblum. And man, uh, is Jeff Goldblum was not to love. Right. Uh, he's funny. He's quirky. He's awkward. He's all the things that you love about Goldblum. Um, and he plays a scientist named Seth Brundle who's been working on this teleportation device, uh, which can basically explains can only teleport inanimate objects, and they're trying to work toward doing biological material, right? So basically, that's the premise. First off, scientists creating teleportation devices. Problem is, again, the teleporter breaks, uh, breaks people down essentially to particles and then reassembles them elsewhere. That's how the teleporter works. And what happens essentially is why it's called the fly is that when he goes to test himself as a human testing, when he was probably a little too drunk and wasn't uh, in a very good state of mind, a fly gets into the teleporter. And so when it breaks down his particles and the fly's particles, it, the machine freaks out, doesn't know what to do. So when he teleports over, it puts them all together and combines the particles together, essentially combining his DNA with the flies. So... There's that. So uh, then anyway, there's this uh, this this character named Veronica played by Gina Davis, and she's a journalist uh, who's basically going over to check it out. Right. So um, anyhow. So, so what is this? What is this film? It's under it, it, a lot of it. It goes under a horror. I've noticed it's like being promoted under the horror movies. And I can see why. But I will say this. This movie doesn't feel like a horror film. Um, it's not something like. Uh, you know, Smile, which is obviously a haunting movie that we re reviewed. That we reviewed. Uh, it's not something like Midnight Mass, which is like 
mysterious and bloody. It is not anything like uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer show that released, which is, you know, uncomfortable serial killer stuff. This is different. This is, um, it is horror-esque because really what it comes down to is more body horror than it is actually horror. And by body horror, I mean you essentially see this man become a monster. So he slowly, as the fly takes over, it's not just he changes behavior, like he gets those really, like like the very first part of the transformation is his little hairs sticking out of his back that are like harder and stiffer than most hairs. And then eventually you see him completely just like losing fingernails, losing teeth, things like that, where you see the fly's DNA coming out more. So it's more horrific to watch him crumble apart, and that's one of the that's that's what makes this move this movie horrific. That's why it's under horror, but it feels more like a drama than a horror, which I like because it's a monster film, right? It's a creature feature, and most of the time we watch creature features, you're like, all right, creature from the from the black lagoon is gonna go hunt and kidnap people and kill them and eat them and stuff like that, and that's not what this movie is about, and it doesn't try to be, which I think actually serves it better because it makes it more memorable because for me if a movie doesn't have great characters and convincing characters and then it better have really amazing action set pieces because if it doesn't have either one of those two I, I'm not really not interested I prefer character driven films so anyway what's interesting in this film um, and I just have a few notes here I wanted to make sure I mentioned uh, so what's interesting about this film is that it's typically when we think of a creature feature again you think of somebody like a monster like a werewolf going to go eat people and people have to fight back uh that's not what this is uh he's um definitely more of a, a tragedy as you see this man slowly fall apart also throughout throughout the movie you again you see a man who was once quirky but charming in his own way um very quirky and charming slowly turn into something more and more monstrous which i think is really interesting because you see him he, he even warns of veronica his like girlfriend slash lover where he's like hey as this happens, insects are cold, insects are calculated, insects don't have hearts or empathy or care at all. The more you come around, the more this takes over, the less and less I'm gonna be me and I can become a danger to you. Which I was like, that's an interesting concept. He's like, I recognize I'm gonna lose my mind during this process and I need you to just move on with your life because, and leave me be because this is not gonna end well. And I thought that it really dealt with that in a good way. So. What are the themes of this? Because um, certain themes obviously are, you know, certain themes in certain shows are obvious, right? Or certain movies. So like the Jeffrey Dahmer show is very clearly like serial killer bad, impacts victims, very simple themes. You know, the justice system's not always perfect. But this uh, deals with some deeper themes than that that are a little less obvious, but things I think that are really important. One of the things it does deal with is sexuality. Now, I know Christians are all weird about this sort of thing. Whatever any movie or show or novel explores sexuality, but bottom line is it's something that is part of reality and it's something that God did create. And it's something that we should understand that is a complex thing and it's something that we should discuss. So, because um, the thing is, is that he is a man. Uh, and the, he was like, so Jeff Goldblum's character, Seth, he is a man who is lost in his work with basically no desire for anything but his own work. He is completely self-obsessed with work. Uh, he's a workaholic. All he ever wanted to be was a scientist. He even says, hey, I'm cheap. Like, all I want to do basically is this, and I don't really care about anything else. But once he meets this journalist, he kind of starts living a new life. You see him, like, because of his relationship, which is obviously because it's a romantic, you could say it's sexual, um, and they, uh, of course, there is some 
some sexual scenes in this, just so you know. It's not like gr overly grotesque or anything, but it is a theme that it does explore. But I mean, I think it, I think, it, I think you can't, it does show like some partial nudity, just so you guys are aware. So as Christians, heads up, you will run into that. Um, but again, the way I look at it is like, hey, that do I appreciate that in a film? No. Uh, is it better than probably living in Corinth where this thing these things were happening publicly? Probably yes. So uh, <laughs> I'll count my blessings. I don't have to live in uh, Greece uh, or like the Roman Empire. So the other thing is that um, so it does explore that. So but I just wanted to make sure you're aware, like don't watch this probably around your kids. Probably not the best thing to do with some of those themes. It is adult themes. So keep that in mind, which is pretty normal. You're going to run into adult themes when it deals with, uh, you know, sexuality. That is something that for mature audiences. But once he meets this journalist, he becomes alive. I mean, he's experiencing life basically for the first time, right? By falling in love with her. Now uh, having a purpose outside of his work. And I think we see this in young men in general and people sometimes like they, sometimes we live to pursue the thing right in front of us and we forget to live life for its experiences. Um, that's the thing I talk to people all the time. Like what, are you just working to save money? Are you working just for material things? Are you, do you just go to work and come home? Or are you trying to build memories and experiences? Cause that's what you should be trying to do. And young men should know like, Hey, don't just get completely lost in your work. Nowadays it's such a big thing and Christians should be pushing against this, but it's like, go to, Oh, go to college, get your career going, do all these things before you bring a special someone into your life and introduce kids or anything. It's like, so now by the time I have to be like 28 or 30 years old before I start a family. Well, no wonder why you're, we're having lower birth rates than before. All these different things. Like Christians should be going, no, no, no. That finding somebody and living that life experience, those things is just as important as getting your career going. We shouldn't, it shouldn't be one, take one over the other. You know, it's okay to marry early and it's okay to pursue these things early. You d shouldn't just get lost in your work or material things or temporary things because you're not really leaving a legacy. You're just throwing away your life by choosing to be a cog in a machine. So I think that's a, an important thing that, the, that it explores and you really see them start coming to life because of this woman he meets. And I think many people can probably relate to that. But once he is brought together with the fly so that his DNA is fused there, he enjoys uh, basically enhanced capabilities and becomes, uh, so he first becomes stronger and more athletic because somehow flies make you stronger and more athletic, although I would never consider a fly one of those things. My, my wife and I both afterwards, when we watch it, we're like, why does the fly give him superpowers? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if it's an ant, it makes sense. Like you, you got mixed with an ant because ants can lift up so much more of their own body weight. But I was like, a, a fly? I don't, I don't know. I, then again, I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe flies are stupid strong for their uh, size. I have no idea. But he doesn't enjoy that. Um, he, but then we also see him because of this, he becomes more animalistic and sexual. So as opposed to looking at his woman as someone uh, like his woman, Veronica, has a relationship to be cherished and loved and her to be a treasure to pursue and someone to enjoy to be around like he did before, you see him switch over to reproductive mentality. All I need to do is reproduce. I need to do that. So I don't care. Okay, you're, uh, you're, no, you're not important to me. I need to find a different woman. Then he finds another woman and he just wants to bring her home just so he could have sex with her essentially and reproduce, which I know will make, of course, a lot of Christians uncomfortable, but think about it for a minute. On a more atheistic worldview or evolutionary worldview, is he fully wrong? I don't think so because 
essentially, that's what sex would be, would just be for reproductive purposes, only for the species to survive. And so most of those things like relationships would be very arbitrary and things that probably aren't that important. So I think that is something that is like, that's, imp that's interesting because most people won't like that part about the film, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, if there is no God or if you are, if we are just animals, then that is kind of a, a, a way you would see things go, right? So I find that interesting as a Christian where you're like, yeah, that if we are just animals, which is essentially what it's saying, like he's becoming more of an animal, but if we really are just animals, isn't he just doing what is logical, which is reproduction? But we also see him again having uh, enhanced stamina and he has enhanced sexual drive for days on end. Like that, he, that's what he becomes. But then his loving relationship starts falling apart due to this and you slowly watch her mourn as she loses her loved one, um, which is interesting as well because you see him slowly turn into somebody that he's not. And this goes to show that our decisions destroy other people. It can hurt other people. And I like that about the film and it actually does it pretty well. Um, he also, it also, I feel like there is some sort of like obscure uh, exploration of toxic masculinity, which I hate the term because it's such a buzzword anymore. But like, let's be honest, there's toxic feminine femininity and there is toxic masculinity. Um, there, are, there are traits that every set that both sexes can have that can be toxic if, if focused on too much. So I, I don't really mind it too much. They didn't harp on it too much, but that you definitely do have that because she also has like an old partner that she was with who is like an, a boss of hers. And basically he just asks her if he can use her just for a hookup. And she turns him down. And throughout this whole movie, she keeps going back to this guy just to talk to him. And I don't understand why, but it, especially when she starts seeing her, seeing Seth fall into becoming more and more animalistic, she realizes this guy. And the one thing I didn't like about the film was his character. I felt like the to that, yeah, her toxic boss character was largely unnecessary. And then they have him like switch around to be the good guy in the end. So it's almost like they show like, hey, look, good guys can fall into bad things. And then bad guys can turn around. And, it, it, and I know what they're going for. Like they were trying to give him like a redemptive arc, but they completely like miss the landing. It falls so flat. It's not even funny. Luckily, the rest of the movie is so good. It's okay. Um, so anyway, so it, 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 you just kind of go, I, I see what you're trying to do, but the rest of this movie is great. Really what I think the biggest theme this movie explores I find to be the most interesting is if you've ever had a loved one die of a terminal illness, that's what this movie explores probably most effectively because you see him slowly falling into this and there's no, nothing they can do to stop it. And you see him slowly falling apart and it becoming so grotesque as his body is completely changed and different. He's, things are falling, parts of his body is falling off. He has them in jars. You're seeing him just, just utterly, it's just gross. Like it's, it is grotesque. You're looking at him, you're like, this is nasty, but you mourn him because you see once in a while he has moments of clarity and he, well, some days he's sometimes he's clearer than others. He even looks at her and goes, I'm scared. And she's scared and she should stay away from him, but she keeps coming back because she loves him, but she sees him slowly falling and dying. Kind of like if you watch somebody slowly dying of dementia or Alzheimer's or somebody dying of uh, cancer because of the change of the body and what it can do. So um, I found that to be a really fascinating thing that this movie explores very well. So again, spoilers ahead for the entire movie, because oddly enough, there was really like, a like I said, a toxic male character that they tried to switch. Um, and that part was 
handled pretty poorly. So toxic man's find rede- toxic man finds redemption, and good man becomes something far worse. That's but it's not explored very well. Except that the good man becoming something far worse was explored well, but the bad man becoming something good not explored well at all. Um, and it even deals with themes of abortion in this, which is interesting since she was sleeping with him while he, his DNA was merged and she didn't realize it. So she, and she finds out she's pregnant and she has like a nightmare of like what this creature could be. Will it be a human? Will it not? And so then they set up an abortion appointment and then he goes, he stops her because he's like, this could be the only thing that lives that exists that is me when I'm dead and so it does explore that and I kind of liked that aspect also again it's kind of one of those accidentally pro-life themes like hey you kill that you're killing my child like I just find that again Hollywood does this all the time if you really pay attention they accidentally do pro-life themes all the time it's like a Freudian slip right they do that all the time so anyway I thought that was really interesting because it, it like I said he she becomes pregnant with Seth's child, but Seth's DNA was mixed with that of a fly. So what is this child? Is it a child? Is it a monster? Um, what will they do with that? So oddly enough, this question, though, like what is the child, is actually left unanswered. They don't show what, what kind of creature is born as, but I thought that, that the main point was she's scared and because she has she's scared of the future. She doesn't know. But at the same time, it's his child, and there's potential life there um, of a human being. And so, and therefore, if she's pregnant, it's a life. So I thought that was a really interesting kind of theme that I explored. I loved that. But what gets me is the ending, I thought, was handled in a way that was tasteful, yet super sad. Like, actually kind of hit me in the feels a little bit, which is weird, since it's a monster movie. Like, it shouldn't, but it did a little bit. Because the fly completely takes over. Like, it's actually really gross. They use practical effects. And can, Hollywood, can we bring back practical effects like, we don't need to CG everything. CG just makes everything look fake. Um, but, like, practical effects, man? Mm. Um, and in the 80s, man, like, it, like the fly actually comes out of him. Like, it, like the rest of the meat kind of falls away. The fly human co- comes out, and you're like, oh, my goodness. It's so it's so disturbing, but it's actually really well done. Um, so props to the makeup team, guys, and the whole special effects team there, man. You guys really crushed it. But... He just, so when it finally, so when that actually happens, um, he actually comes up with this wild plot on how to achieve his humanity again. And it, it would, and it all fails. And what ends up happening is basically his plan backfires and it really utterly destroys him. Um, when the, he becomes completely a fly, right? Um, but then he goes in the teleporter and because somebody blew the door off of the teleporter, he, when he, the particles come back together on the other side, he's actually mixed with the machine. So it's like, he's got body parts stuck with metal parts and it's all just, it's all jacked up. Okay. Like it's, you're like, Oh goodness. Like when you see it and you think at this point that the fly is completely taken over, like he's only a monster and she's got a shotgun um, that they were going to use against him. And while he's just laying there, just combined with uh, this machine and just all busted and broken and half fallen apart, he just grabs the barrel of the gun and puts it toward his head because he can't speak. He's a fly. And that's when you just go, oh, like he's just he asks for a mercy killing uh, because of everything. And so she pulls the trigger, of course. And uh, you could tell she she at first is like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it because, you know, she loved him. And to see that you're just it, it really brings in that question. At what point um, is it OK for someone to just say, look. End it. 
end the suffering. It makes you wonder, right? I mean, and that's an interesting theme to explore. Now, we as Christians, I believe we all agree that um, we should not be the hand of God and force death, which is why we're pro-life, which is why I'm not pro-euthanasia. I'm not pro-euthanasia. Um, so, But at the same time, this movie does explore like why that would be in a mercy in this situation. However, again, of course, this is from a man-fly creature, so... <laughs> That's what's going to happen in real life, right? So uh, <laughs> this is not going to. So, um, but it, it is an interesting theme that it explores. I can say that. So the movie is absolutely incredible, and uh, how it delivers all this stuff is actually really well done. The one weak point again is the toxic boss of hers. Uh, his character really needed to be fleshed out in more detail to even justify his inclusion. Otherwise, I think he could have been completely outside of the, out of the movie and not necessary. He has as a grotesque element to it that is unnecessary, crude, and uh, that is very unnecessary and there are certain things that like let's just be honest when movies that explore sexuality there's crudeness that probably is unnecessary right and this movie does have some of that so just so you know as a christian have your discernment glasses on and move forward okay and don't say i didn't warn you okay um this movie also showed me what happens when mankind plays god a little bit too much in a need to become more relevant, because that's what he kept wanting to do. He wanted to make a breakthrough and become relevant and important. Seth ended up really losing his humanity altogether. And that's kind of another allegory this this movie has. Like, look, this man wanted to make a name for himself, and he did. He even did foolish things in order to try to make a name for himself and look at rot destruction. So be careful not to play God, okay? I think that's a really good theme this movie explores. And one thing I like about this movie is it really wrestles with morally gray areas and it doesn't try to resolve them. And that's actually respectable because most movies nowadays are like either are, are, are really preachy. Like I, it's one of the things that annoy the, me the most with a lot of modern cinema is it's also preachy on, well, abortion, it should be okay. And because they're all produced by liberals like nowadays, movies have so many things that's like, oh, okay, this is an allegory for racism. We get it. You know, like, and it's very preachy on it and it's very heavy handed. Um, like the game uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided that came out a few years ago, like that one was very much like, oh, so this is a racism allegory. Oh, we even have like separated buses. Okay, way to be subtle there, guys. We get it, wink. You know, this movie doesn't do that, and I like that. It's not trying to be preachy. It's just trying to explore the fact that this is a tragedy and a tragic situation, and just makes you empathize with the characters. And because even if you have certain principles, which you should as a Christian, it doesn't mean you can't empathize with somebody when they're in a morally difficult position. And I think that's something that this movie does well, and I think it's something that is a good reminder. And I think that... Christians should embrace those sorts of themes um, more so. So again, thought that was very well done. So this movie also showed um, that sometimes we can't control our situations, right? Sometimes situations happen around us that we can't control. And when situations happen that we can't control, how do we respond to them? Do we try to take the bull by the horns and fix it ourselves and force our will upon the world? Or do we take a, a moral high ground on some of these issues that we find ourselves in? Multiple times, for example, Veronica was told to leave him, leave him and let him die, leave him and let the fly take over, just let him die. But out of compassion, because she loved him and he was a human being, she wouldn't let him. Even the boss uh, who kept telling her to stay away from him um, eventually recognizes the tragedy of the situation, which is actually cool. Like I said, it, it really falls flat uh, they, the way they do it. They just don't develop him very well on it. But I do appreciate what they were trying to show there, that he even he has compassion. And that's something Christians should definitely connect with. So um, 
she didn't want him suffering alone, even to the end. She's like, I don't want to be alone if this is going to happen. I thought that was really good. So the moral for the Christian uh, on this uh, is stay away from teleporters and houseflies. Stay away from houseflies. Don't do it. <laughs> so that's the point of that movie, I guess. Uh, so all that in a nutshell, stay away from teleporters and stay away from flies. And if you do happen upon a teleporter, make sure there's no flies in it. Keep your bug deterrent with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, this is this movie was a blast. I'm not going to lie. But again, have your big boy pants on. It's not as much of a horror movie as is a, is a tragedy drama that has like a body horror uh, element as its central, like, gimmick if you will it's the central driving force of it but really if it was just a body horror film it's not going to be that great right I, I i don't find body horror films to be very great they just make you cringe a lot so i don't think that they're usually very good movies because they're just there to be gory or gross um this movie is gross in the sense of how the body horror works but all the things around it are very well executed to the point where I was like, dang, that's actually just a darn good movie. Like I explored things that I don't see explored enough, I don't think. And I loved that about it. So guys, strongly recommend The Fly. If you've not seen 1986 The Fly, don't do what I did. Just watch it. And right now it's on HBO Max. If you have HBO, just watch it. It's a good time. It's not even that long of a film. You'll just have a good time with it, and it, it'll probably keep your attention. Now, granted, again, remember the things I did mention that are in this film. Don't say I didn't warn you, but I think you will find that you really will enjoy this movie. So anyway, um, that is my thoughts on The Fly. I really enjoyed it. Let me know what you think about it. If you've seen The Fly, let me know your thoughts down below. Did you love it like I did, or did you hate it? Um, did you love that you hated it? Did you hate that you loved it? Um, and also, did you see the original The Fly? And if so, what were your thoughts there? And apparently there's uh, The Fly 2, there's a sequel, but um, I have a feeling it's got to be terrible. So I have no plans on watching it because I've seen the, the, the ratings on it. And also, I just don't think you can really create a sequel to that movie without it just being like, oh, so we're doing the same thing again as a gimmick now? Um, but I don't know. If I'm wrong and you've seen The Fly 2 and you're like, no, Will, you have to watch it, let me know as well in the comments below. Definitely curious on your guys' thoughts. Thank you guys very much for watching. Again, like and subscribe to the channel. And hopefully we will have a good rating system on how we want to go forward with these movies and games and all that stuff that we want to do. Uh, something that gives you more of a tier list rather than whether I recommend it or not. But this one comes with a strong recommendation. Go check it out. Thank you guys very much. Take care. We'll see you in the next episode.